Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. So, Mercedes led another 1-2 in qualifying for the 70th anniversary Grand Prix, but this time at Silverstone, it was Valtteri Bottas who triumphed over Lewis Hamilton in qualifying. The build-up to the grid-setting session was dominated by talk about tyres thanks to the compound step softer that Pirelli has brought for this weekend's event. Uh, That meant that all the teams in Q2 avoided setting their soft times on the soft rubber, and there was ultimately very little to choose between that and the media tyre over one lap. In fact, the Mercedes cars swapped from the soft to the medium for their final runs in Q3, uh, where Bottas did enough to avenge his Q3 defeat to Hamilton in last weekend's British Grand Prix. Behind them, the other big story of the day was unfolding as Nico Hülkenberg took an incredible third place at Racing Point as he again deputises in place of Sergio Perez. That meant he beat Red Bull's Max Verstappen to be best of the rest behind the dominant Mercedes duo, but the Dutchman may yet have an ace up his sleeve as he will start the race on the hard tyres compared to the mediums for the Mercedes drivers and Hülkenberg. Joining me tonight is also Sports F1 reporter Luke Smith, and again, as you'll be able to hear, we are recording in the restaurant of our hotel here in Toaster, having worked up a hearty appetite covering the qualifying action at Silverstone today. So Luke, how are you and how hungry are you as well? Fairly hungry, a very p- busy day indeed. Uh, I think I think qualifying often could be quite a straightforward affair, but I think today's one with the uh, steps off tyres. I mean, obviously that created lots of talking points as we're going to get into, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, really, really fascinating results, I think, throughout the field. We've also got all the political drama ongoing as well that we touched on on, on Thursday and, and was uh, talked about on Friday as well. So it's, uh, yeah, lots and lots of talking points to get into. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a really busy weekend. It has, absolutely. Yes, indeed. I'm, I'm definitely keen for our food to arrive. But in the meantime, we shall have our fill of Formula One action and as those big talking points, as you say, Luke. So, Valtteri Bottas, 
I've put wins in my script. He's, he's certainly won pole position. He hasn't won the race yet there anyway. But he certainly fixed the qualifying deficit he had at the British Grand Prix. Now, look, we were both in the, uh, in the press conference after the session. And it was fair to say Lewis Hamilton didn't seem to have taken his, uh, his qualifying defeat all that well. But Valtteri Bottas, he said, you know, he knowledge just did a better job on the day. Uh, wasn't willing to get into all the details of where he was defeated. But yeah, what Bottas needs to do if he's going to make up what is a lot of ground in the title fight is to just take everything he can. That's pole positions, race victories, beating Hamilton at every stage. And he's, he's done the first bit. He's got pole position. How do you think, uh, how, do, how did you react and how did he react to, uh, to getting pole? I thought it was a mega display. And as I think I mentioned uh, earlier this week, that Bottas has been brilliant so far for much of the season like he's really really pushed uh, Hamilton hard in a lot of places and last weekend in qualifying he was three tenths of a second adrift and said that he wasn't really comfortable with how things went we saw his form fade towards the end of Q3 uh, last Saturday but this time around he was able to really rectify that and fix it and he said after the session that uh, he had a bit of a set up deficit with his car that meant it was really good in race trim then quality trim and the final uh, push lap going for pole wasn't quite where he wanted it to be but this time around he fixed all of that learned from the mistakes enough to pull out a 600th of a second gap to Hamilton but obviously that's that's all he, all he needed it was a really mega display and I think that he this weekend seems very he seems very settled like you said from the beginning of practice he was much happier with the direction the team was going in with the setup and with the car so that's really served him well I think and yeah ultimately set the fight to Hamilton as he did was massively impressive well yes as I, as I said Luke Lewis Hamilton not very happy to have been second in qualifying this time around I mean he can't have them all frankly uh, but yeah it was it was very interesting that this was almost the almost the exact reverse of what happened in, in Q3 last weekend in that Hamilton sort of you know he led the way after the first runs today and it was Bottas that turned it around but the difference here was that they changed tyres they went from the soft to the mediums and I asked about that in the press conference because it was an it was an interesting way of, of doing it you know just, just just to you know Daniel Ricciardo stuck to his guns on the mediums other, other guys went the other way Max Verstappen went from the medium to the soft uh, but uh, you know I said you know was that was that a team decision or was it an, un, an individual thing and Bottas was like no we, we agreed on it um, as a team beforehand and we were just you know it was just the, the, the better tyre to go on for them just that bit more durable basically because the, the soft was effectively giving up for the last few corners but uh, but yeah what do you what do you expect this will mean for Lewis Hamilton tomorrow maybe uh, I don't think he'll be too het up about it. I mean, obviously, he was in a bit of a bit of a sulk in the press conferences. Tends to be the way whenever Lewis Hamilton doesn't get a pole position. Um, but then again, you don't get what ninety-one poles without having that kind of uh, a kind of sort of laser focus. So uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was obviously sort of a bit disappointed to miss out. But I think for the race tomorrow, I think he's just got to yeah, basically just get on with it like he knows they know it's going to be a challenge on tyres they know that strategy is going to be a big sort of uh, a big consideration and a big issue and as is Dwayne said he's always do it like they will not split the strategies it'll be that whoever's leading on track gets priority therefore basically both of them have got to do everything they can to be the first man leading at the end of that first lap get out of DRS range and make sure the guy behind can't sort of uh, attempt to move or anything like that um that that's really what Lewis can do. Like he's just got to do that to settle any nerves, settle any sort of concerns that Bottas will have. All the favourable strategy options, because we see the tyres degrading so much that really one lap on the overcut or undercut. I mean, that probably will likely have a, a big swing tomorrow. I think. 
Absolutely. And it's interesting to look again back to last weekend because, of course, following on at the same track, it's great to have all these references. It was Bottas that made the better start when it came to the Brit- to the start of the British Grand Prix. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can repeat that tomorrow. But if it's Lewis Hamilton who can get alongside, we have seen that first big breaking point at Turn 3. There has been drama there in the past. You think back to you know 2018, Kimi Raikkonen sort of wiping out Hamilton, really t- turning him around okay, he was able to carry on. Um, but yeah, so there is a potential flashpoint there. We've seen it in the, the junior categories, you know, throughout the, the two events here at Silverstone, that that is a a potential problem so one to keep an eye on at the front of the grid but also staying at the front of the grid in third place which I don't think anybody realistically <laughs> expected him to do this Nico Hulkenberg third place you know he's, he's in again uh, in, in place for Sergio Perez when we last uh, recorded a podcast on Thursday night I thought it was going to be Perez back in the car if he tested negative but he didn't so Hulkenberg back in all weekend seems to have enjoyed you know, much better preparation because he wasn't travelling over from Germany. He wasn't all rushed. He's got even a new helmet that was, you know, specifically designed to go with delivery on the racing point. But yeah, I don't think I don't think third place really was was really necessarily on the cards. But he just looked very very strong all day. Yeah, made a made a couple of mistakes in uh, in, in FP3 and again in, the, in in Q2 when he you know went off at Chapel and, and was actually in danger of getting knocked out had he not improved. But yeah, certainly a very happy Hulkenberg in the press conference. Yeah, it's nice. Um, yeah, very sort of, I think a very different scenario to the last time that uh, I spoke to Nico Hulkenberg, obviously towards the end of his time with Renault, and it was a very, very different picture. But absolutely brilliant display from him today. I think that, as you say, he had that extra preparation. He knows the car. He's been doing some sim work in the in the days between the two races. That has all set him up to basically be on pace. And in qualifying, outclass Lance Stroll, who obviously has like hours and hours and hours of more time on track with that car so therefore should really be the benchmark and setting the pace but Hulkenberg I mean he really hooks everything up really well as you said made the mistake in QC but he learned from that he was running high up uh, after the first run and then really smashed his final lap and was able to to grab uh, that that third place on the grid which is his best qualifying result since Austria 2016 so very very impressive and it did I think after the session like we saw we've heard lots of very nice things from everybody about Nico Hulkenberg over the last sort of week or so but today like it was really telling just how much his result I think meant to everybody else like everyone was really pleased to see it we saw that before Hulkenberg even got out of his car in Park Ferme Max Verstappen and uh, Daniel Ricciardo have both gone over to his car to congratulate him and say well done uh, both drivers spoke very warmly of Hulkenberg after the session um, Verstappen said that he it proves that Hulkenberg deserves to be in F1 and he said there's drivers on the grid who don't deserve to be here but Hulkenberg does said he put him in the top 10 drivers in F1 Ricardo I mean he, he said that yeah he's sure that sort of Hulk's uh, neck is a little bit uh, feeling a little bit more this week but he's a bit more ready and yeah it just really does prove that Hulkenberg he's, he's got the quality and, and the class to be in F1 and, and deserves a shot really and I think it's just only going to sort of add to the case for any possible suitors that we touched on on Thursday to uh, think for next year well look this guy's done this third on the grid given like no running at all practically in comparison to Lance Stroll what else could we do if we gave him a full season well yeah as you say Luke yeah he's definitely uh, he's definitely you know made his case for, for, for other teams to potentially hire him you know it's such a strong performance in third place starting ahead of Max Verstappen very interesting, as you say. You know, he's very complimentary about Hulkenberg. Um, yeah, interesting to see what happens with Verstappen at the start of the race tomorrow. And I think Hulkenberg's looked at that as well because Verstappen was the only driver to get through Q2 on the hard tyre, which actually I think uh, has been suggested to me is the best race tyre to be on. 
and that was the obviously the medium last week because that's why Verstappen said that's what why it was he sort of it's interesting reading through the transcript of his question I have, I'm afraid I haven't heard the audio file but the, the way I the way I heard it in my head was him sort of almost dismissively being like well I used it last week so why wouldn't I use it sort of this time but then you look at all what everybody else around him and they, they didn't do that but yeah I think Red Bull certainly got an advantage there I think everybody at the front of the grid the Mercedes and Hulkenberg are aware of that but it will give him slightly less grip off the line also as we saw last week this whole thing can be can be completely wiped out if there's an early safety car because at that point everyone will pile into the pits and presumably take away uh, uh, Verstappen's advantage uh, so yeah how do you how do you see the race playing out from Max's point of view I think that first stint is going to be that's going to be pretty decisive like basically how how close can he get to the Mercedes how long will they have that sort of tyre pace advantage over him uh, starting on the mediums because ultimately if they're able to really sort of eke that stint out and uh, sort of keep putting on time on him right the way through the stint then it could wipe away a lot of his advantage but as, as you say like ultimately he's got the experience of racing on that tyre uh, last week from when it, when it was the was the medium that should work into his favour and I think it's literally just going to be all on that first stint like he just needs to jump Hulkenberg build a gap to the cars behind um, Hulkenberg says today that it will be difficult to beat the Red Bull to the podium even if it's starting on hearts and yeah just see sort of what um, what gains he can make on the Mercedes because I think we're sort of looking at the ideal strategy being one stint on mediums and two stints on hearts. Do you agree I, with that? Ideally, yeah. Pirelli have put Pirelli have put some uh, some data out there that maybe it would be just fractionally quicker to uh, to go with the, the mediums and then the, and then the hearts, but it's not a lot not a lot in it really. Okay. So it's going to be that's going to be I think really interesting because ultimately you've got sort of Mercedes and Red Bull for at least at least the first stint on opposite strategies and potentially for the second or maybe the third when obviously they're going for the finish and that that could set up a really exciting end and as you said like an early safety car could change things a lot but also a late safety car will really throw a spanner in the works I think because that would leave drivers like basically scrambling like do we come into the pits do we take a fresh set of tyres how many tyres have we got left because a lot of them are very limited on that so yeah it's it's a a lot of curveballs I think but I think for Red Bull like they're like look we're going to be third no matter what like they're not they're clearly ahead of the midfield teams. They're clearly not on a par with Mercedes when it comes to outright pace. And if they ran the same strategy as Mercedes, they're probably not going to beat them without some outside intervention. Therefore, why not roll the dice a little bit, try something different? Yeah, I think at worst, Verstappen will still end up third, which isn't exactly a bad result. No, so you're, you're writing off Hulkenberg's uh, first podium chance. I'm afraid so. I've seen, I've seen someone on Twitter say they'll get... Uh, actually, quite a few people on Twitter this weekend saying they'll get tattoos if certain drivers get uh, podiums. Uh, one said that for Jack Aitken, who, of course, got third place in the FT race today, uh, naming no names. And, uh, yeah, there's another saying that, yeah, if Hulkenberg gets the podium, they'll get a, t- a tattoo. So uh, might have to delay that booking a little bit, but I would love to be proved wrong on that. Okay, well, moving on to the final part of today's bite-sized podcast, which I must confess was actually recorded in three parts because our food kept arriving and lovely it was so there we go anyway little insight into our Saturday evening there for the listeners uh, but yeah I want to talk about three other stars of qualifying one who we actually regularly talk about in the Saturday podcast and two who we haven't really all that often this year and first of all it's Daniel Ricardo, who will start fifth for Renault who was strong throughout Friday finished very high up in FP2 and again starting qualifying on the medium tyre both his runs in Q3 and an excellent starting position for Ricardo. he feels his pace is genuine feels the team has made a big step and yeah what do we think the Renault driver can do tomorrow Luke? Uh, I think they've got to be looking at that sort of best of the rest leading the midfield kind of fight I mean we saw in Silverstone last weekend it's very weird uh, going on to it and the next weekend it being the exact same circuit it really is even after the second time around um, do you know what do you know, in motorsport do you know what really messes with your mind 
is when you go to a Formula E event and the drivers talk about delivering this weekend when actually it's only half a weekend. But anyway, that is a kind of a minor thing for yeah, me. Yeah, gr- a grammatical snafu. I'm sure our esteemed colleague Stuart Codling would be most frustrated by. It. But uh, but yeah, no, I think uh, I think Ricardo. Yeah, he's got a good chance of being in that fight we saw at Silverstone last weekend. That uh, he was excellent. He was able to obviously pass both uh, Lance Stroll in the, in the racing point and also Landon Norris in that McLaren. And I think those are sort of the, the three teams really looking to lead that midfield fight. So he's got a really good chance. As you said, they've been strong all week, all weekend. Uh, he said after today's session, he felt really stoked by his result. Like he's really, really happy. And I think that he just seems in a very good place right now. And that, I think that's really, really good. He said they've sort of unlocked a lot of uh, issues with the rear of the car that were causing problems last year that now just aren't a thing anymore, basically. So yeah, he seems a lot happier. I think he's got a really good chance sort of being the, the front of that midfield fight and if they can come away with a, another top five or maybe even try and get in that uh, hunt for the podium should some drama hit the leading three drivers I think that would be a, a really good result for Ricardo. Absolutely well after Ricardo came uh, Lance Stroll who frankly again if you're not delivering third or fourth in that racing point it is a disappointment and especially considering your teammate who's had no testing and he's only in for his second race and you know he didn't race last weekend has beaten you to third place pretty pretty poor from stroll again uh, after him comes pierre gasly who's the next driver i wanted to talk about now now i wrote a feature on him uh, on thursday published on friday on autosport.com plus uh, because he's been one of the stars of the season so far he's currently joint second in my driver ratings for autosport with no less than lewis hamilton which is pretty impressive. Max Verstappen currently just ed- edging the averages out front. Now, this sort of thing does tend to happen early on in the season with the driver ratings. I was actually talking to my uh, predecessor in the role as Grand Prix editor today about such things. And it's just interesting to see that, you know, Gasly, he's gone back to Alfa Tori, obviously what was uh, uh, Toro Rosso last year. And he's been very, very strong. You know, like obviously got that got that podium in Brazil and just seemed to, as he said on, in, you know, in the press conference on Thursday, he's carried that momentum on into this year. P7 on the grid, as he was, he has been earlier, you know, earlier on this year, been up that high. Again, just another another magnificent performance from Gasly. It's really, really good. Yeah, uh, Silverstone was the absolute high point of his. Uh brief tenure with Red Bull last year I mean it was the weekend he was able to sort of take the fight to the likes of likes of Vettel and uh, was as close he ever got really to Verstappen and it's been nice that he's carried that form basically and, and that comfort around the circuit into this year as well brilliant display last weekend was able to claw his way up into the points uh, had a lovely wheel-to-wheel fight with Sebastian Vettel in that Ferrari which he won I mean that was fantastic and then again this weekend like I was looking at following qualifying and seeing where he was going and it was always that Vettel were put in the lap and then Gasly would be just behind him on the track and we'll go like three positions further up the order and it was really really incredible so yeah an absolutely brilliant qualifying display from Gasly again beating Alexander Albon as well who's who is in the Red Bull and he just seems so comfortable and at home at AlphaTauri like he's just in a really really good spot right now and it's just really nice to see like it's good to have that kind of I guess redemptive arc you could say of, of a driver who's maybe been a bit downtrodden in the past but is uh, now in a really good groove and yeah I think that from that position given how good he was in the race last week as well I think he can, he can really sort of target a, another decent haul of points tomorrow absolutely yeah certainly I like that the idea of a redemptive arc because he's basically 12 months on at this time uh, you know a, a year ago he was still technically a Red Bull driver um, but he's about to be dropped in in favour of Alex Albon ahead of that race at Spa last year so yes interesting to see what Gasly can do tomorrow and then yep we'll, uh, we'll gloss over the Ferrari drivers Charles Leclerc ends up 8th Sebastian Vettel qualified 12th will actually start 11th because Esteban Ocon giving it a penalty for uh, for blocking George Russell, who we are going to come on to again because he started in qualifying just at the end here. But yeah, just worth noting with the Ferrari that both drivers feel the car is really struggling with the soft tyre. Charles Leclerc particularly vocal about that. And yeah, Vettel was interesting. It was really interesting. I felt like he was sending a bit of a message 
when he said that was all there was in this car as he was knocked out in Q2. So yeah, Ocon will start 14th as a result of his penalty and not 11th. Yeah, Russell came upon him as he came onto the Wellington Strait in Q1. And yeah, Ocon, he was sort of side by side with, with an Alfa Romeo, but I think he knew pretty instantly he was in for a penalty telling his engineer that he was in trouble there. George Russell, yes, for the fourth race in a row, gets Williams into Q2. So yeah, he's becoming quite the regular on our Saturday podcast, isn't he, Luke? He is, yeah. And I think when we get to the point where it's like, oh, Russell underperformed by not reaching Q2, which is uh, quite a, a crazy statement given where Williams were 12 months ago during his, his rookie season. In Q1, uh, even on his first medium run, like he, he was in good shape for making the switch to softs uh, for, for an improvement. And then in Q2, then Williams really rolled the dice. I mean, everyone was basically committing to the medium tyre, knowing that starting on the softs tomorrow would be really, really bad. Williams thinking that, well, look, we're probably not going to reach Q3, so why don't we try and get as far up that order in Q2 as possible? Put Russell on the softs, sent him out when the track was absolutely dead quiet, gave him one shot at it. It was a good run. Unfortunately, got uh, shuffled all the way back back down to 15th by the end of Q2 but it was just like it was just really nice to see that kind of I guess pragmatism and the opportunity that Williams has to be able to do stuff like that now because 12 months ago it had been well who's going to be 19th and who's 20th and well the answer to that was always George Russell in 19th but but now it is that yeah George has got a great opportunity to really sort of take the fight into into Q2 he's comfortably beating both Haas drivers and um, and both Alfa Romeo's most weekends now which is really good to see um, hat tip to Roman Gros John though on that front though he did really well to get through to Q2 today for Haas so I think Russell yeah he really deserves a lot of credit for what he's doing like it's been an excellent run of form uh, I believe the Allsport Twitter account called him Mr. Saturday at one point uh, today which, which was quite nice and I think we're just really hoping that we can see some of that strong one lap pace transfer over into the race and uh, maybe nab uh, some breakthrough F1 points Absolutely. Yes, I was uh, speaking to uh, Dave Robson, Williams' head of vehicle performance, who was saying, uh, you know, after qualifying, they're still still not quite sure why the pace sort of seems to swing around between qualifying and the race, and that you know potentially you know Russell will go a little bit backwards uh, tomorrow. But you know, both Russell and Nicholas Latifi finished ahead of Kimi Raikkonen on pace even before his uh, his front wing issue in the British Grand Prix. So, uh, so yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens to Russell in the race. Um, so yeah, just also on that uh, that that sort of it was it did look a bit bizarre when he went for a soft tire run in Q2 because had the very very unexpected happened and he would have made it through to Q3 he would have been completely screwed starting the race on them because effectively we understand that uh, you know after about the end well we know from the end of the first lap on a soft tyre by the time the drivers arrive at Stowe it's giving up so tyre management is effectively in effect from that first lap on a stint so that's why nobody wants to to touch them in the race if they can possibly avoid it so yeah very interesting to see him going for softs but yeah as you see as you say Luke Robertson had explained that yeah they were just like right we've got to try and get as high up Q2 as we can and did not expect Russell to get into Q3 but it was interesting to see him do that nevertheless so anyway we are running very long in what is supposed to be a bite-sized podcast so I will say thank you very much to Luke and we'll wrap things up there and thanks to you for listening now just before we go we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport Magazine came out on Thursday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in news agents as well as on the doormats of subscribers there'll be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every thursday packed full of news analysis and the usual stunning photography and of course if you want unlimited access to autosport from the comfort of your home visit autosport.com plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package we'll be back soon with another episode of the autosport podcast
Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.